Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Alright, so what's going on everybody? My dog is bothering me while I'm trying to record. Uh, so what's going on everybody? It's your boy A-Double and you're now tuned in to episode 121 of Do-Rags and Boat Shoes. So I'm apologize. Uh, I was supposed to release this episode this past weekend, uh, but I had a little snippet at the beginning of uh, Taylor Swift uh, covering September, the uh, Earth, Wind & Fire joint and uh it got taken down like when it was rendering like when i upload the episodes through soundcloud it renders through and it goes through playback and feedback and shit and it wouldn't upload for shit and then i kept on trying kept on trying kept on trying then damn thing just wouldn't upload at all and uh that was the reason why as soon as i took it off now here you go you got the episode so um so yeah so i ended up having to go to work all this other shit this past weekend and so i just got tired of dealing with it so i finally figured out because uh before on a old episode when the life of pablo came out um i put 30 hours because i used to play songs at the end of the podcast and i put 30 hours on there and they kept on doing the same thing and they finally uploaded and then like uh like 24 hours later it was taken down and i got a strike against my soundcloud account so this is what the same thing that was happening with that bullshit ass uh taylor swift uh um skit or whatever so i mean song i had a little skit going and shit like that but um we here uh it's gonna be some updated stuff from this past weekend so uh hopefully y'all been good i know we've been on a little bit of a hiatus and things like that i've been trying to get my house spring ready so in my free time i just been outside working uh trying to get these damn grassies down trying to get my sprinkler system to work and uh you know just getting my yard looking nice and you know spraying the outside uh you know spraying all my entryways uh, for bugs and shit like that and just doing home improvement projects to make the house look nice summer's coming up we got a pool so the family you know they always want to come through and shit like that you gotta you know have your house looking like you don't live in it you know it has to look immaculate or your family gonna be talking shit about you behind your back you know like oh you see how dirty doubles house is you know so shit like that <laughs> you see how his yard is so unkempt you know so shit like that uh so yeah i just i've been just on the grind and you know got my little side hustles popping and shit like that so i'm back in the sneaker game flipping kicks and th doing things like that but i am here with y'all rocking and like again i said i apologize i had a few emails from folks you know asking me you know where the fuck is the episode at and things like that it's here nigga damn it's, it's here it's here so let's go ahead and get started on that good old summer damn jam screen so i guess uh we'll talk about starbucks real quick real briefly uh, if you've been sleeping under a rock, most of y'all have not. Most of my listeners are very sharp and critical thinkers, and I love that about y'all. And I love that you guys, you know, uh, send me stories and challenge my point of view, and I appreciate that. Uh, so as far as uh, the Starbucks situation, when the two brothers at the cops called on them, they got the Starbucks at 435. Cops were notified at 437 because they didn't order anything. So these brothers was in there for two minutes, and then all of a sudden they were kicked the fuck out uh by police they were arrested and so the manager has been removed from the store this white woman who called the police i don't know um if she's been fired it said removed from the uh, ceo's twitter account she's been removed or from the uh, starbucks twitter account saying that she has been removed from the store so she's probably somewhere else uh harassing some brown folks now and uh so i saw the interview on good morning america last week 
uh, when them brothers was on there talking and they wanted to, you know, tiptoe, uh, tiptoe past everything uh, considered racism, uh, why the cops were called on them and things like that. And their lawyer was there. And that's all because they need to get that check cut, uh, you know, once they file that civil suit. And so Starbucks is going to um, what the fuck they're going to do. So they're going to have this whole um, racial sensitivity, sen- sensitivity training. I'm sorry, uh, racial sensitivity training uh, on the 29th of May, so the end of next month, talking about uh, how to deal with black folks and uh, other uh, non-whites. So all those stores, all 8,000 stores across the U.S. are going to be closed. And uh, I've seen a few tweets from a few uh, people, uh, like Starbucks employees, talking about how... uh, white women customers white females are talking about it's going to be an inconvenience for them and all this other bullshit like how hard is it for you for one day to just fucking make a cup of coffee at home like how hard is that or you could just buy one of those starbucks uh you know to go things you know that comes in the glass bottle the frappuccinos that come in the glass bottle at you know at your local gas station it's like one fucking day but it has to be about you, right? It has to be about you, white woman. But yeah, I've seen quite a few tweets uh, regarding that from uh, Starbucks employees talking about their regular customers are coming in and talking about it's going to be an inconvenience from them, mainly white women. So we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, that ain't going to do shit. Um, at the end of the day, uh, we don't need to teach white people about their racism. They know... Uh, they know that there's a system in place, racism, white supremacy, that works for them. The system works for them. How America is today, it works for them. It always has worked for them. That's why uh, the Cheeto-in-Chief ran on the phrase, make America great again, because uh, they felt that they were being cuckolded by these big black balls from uh, President, former President Barack Obama. So it needs to go back under the leadership of a white man that's what it boils down to that's what make america great again essentially boils down to is white leadership or a white face running this country and taking the government back to the 50s when negroes knew their place and the government was handing out all these uh jobs and these uh, these benefits to strictly to white folks and excluding non-whites that's what it always boils down to. It always has boiled down to that when it's when people say that MAGA shit, right? So with this Starbucks thing, um, you know, this woman knew that the cops would remove these brothers. She just knew off rip that the police work for her. She knew that. And so you have all these black celebrities talking about, oh, stop calling the cops on black folks, you know, trying to educate white folks. They know what the fuck they're doing. These these suspected white supremacists who are calling the cops on black folks know exactly what they're doing. Go back to the phone call of Tamir Rice. Okay, this uh, I think it was a fucking hobo who called the cops. Some fucking bum called the cops and said, I think it's a toy gun. I don't know for sure. But he knew exactly what the fuck he was doing when he called the laws. And when the cops came in, sped through and within a few seconds took that young boy's life. So they know exactly what they're doing right when they contact the laws on um on us on us black folks right they know exactly what's going to happen they already like it's 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 as if you're in a war right and your skin color is your uniform right so you're as soon as as soon as the the guards get called being the race soldiers get called boom you're identified by your skin and there's a brother on um, Twitter. Uh, his handle is Free Your Mind Kid. He's a lawyer, I believe, and uh, he has a bunch of followers. Follows me too, and um, and uh, he was, you know, living while black was a hashtag he started. And one of the damn uh, people that responded was a police officer. He was investigating a shooting. And he was going between houses and finding shell casings. One of them white neighbors in that neighborhood called the cops on him and said that there is a black guy in police clothes walking through uh, people's uh, yards with a flashlight. 
a black guy in police clothes. So my point is with these celebrities trying to uh, educate white folks about, oh, don't call the cops on black folks because you're signing their death. What? That's just the, that's the fucking cherry on top of the, the fucking bigoted Sunday. That's what it is. And that's what it boils down to. So this uh, Starbucks manager, she knew exactly what the fuck she was doing when it was time to call the laws. She knew exactly what the fuck she was doing that's what the fuck it boils down to she knew exactly what the fuck she was doing like i don't know i can't stress this enough like we we're it's as if we don't want to believe the truth and that is the truth they know exactly what they're doing they call the laws it's just like those uh them two sisters at the um at the uh, golf course it was a group of i think it was about five black women at a golf course i can't remember where it was at uh, this story just came out um, and they were playing through and you have a little bit over four hours, almost four and a half hours to get through 18 holes at this golf course. So these these black women got through the first nine holes, I believe, and it was just a little bit over two hours. So they still I think they still had another two hours to go. And the group behind them, these fucking suspected white supremacist males you know came up talking greasy and crazy uh because the women took a break and uh they couldn't play through them and what was crazy is these white men they just got done from taking a break also and so they alerted the club uh, manager or whatever of this golf club this private golf club and then they notified the laws the police came out there so he knew exactly what he was doing when he called the police right then and there oh i'm dealing with some darkies oh gotta call the laws you know i'm dealing with some some darkies that are talking back or trying to be citizens let me call the race soldiers but fortunately them cops came out there and it wasn't a big deal they just fucking left the cops did but they know exactly what they're doing and i i hate to see black folks trying to pander to the humanity of some of these evil human beings because it's not fair you're just giving them more power over you you're trying to have them you're trying to you know appeal to them like be humane and all this other shit and you think that was the route that fucking um dr king went you know trying to appeal to somebody's humanity you know for the civil rights bill and shit like that but no they actually studied the laws and uh seen how they could seen what they could do to uh actually get the the voting rights you know for black folks you know and so and in discrimination right but the biggest thing was the unification of black folks and the montgomery bus boycott hitting the motherfucker in the wallet because i what what do i always say america respects two things money and violence that's it those are the only two things this corrupt ass system respects is money and violence you cannot appeal to the humanity of someone who's evil you just cannot you cannot i mean you look at how how some of these folks got over here how how their ancestors came over here and they came over here manipulating the native americans the ones that they killed off with diseases you know we all learned about that as kids thanksgiving them smallpox blankets right killed them off then the rest of them it was divide and conquer and then some of then they manipulated them to be uh slave catchers some native slave catchers yes they were and then there were some native american slave owners right so it's always been a manipulation always 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 and it boils and it even goes even further back when bringing those first slaves over here back in africa you would have different tribes beefing with each other fighting and things like that and if you lost a war or something like that or some kind of battle you know your 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 the losing tribe would be slaves to the winning tribe but it was never a situation like chattel slavery there was a situation where you know you work for me your kids can still go to school they just go to school after my school after my kids go to school and or you be absorbed into that tribe 
right? So here comes the colonizers over here. Like, hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, darkies, how's it going? And then it started with manipulation. Oh, let me get some of these excess losers off your hands. And then, you know, throw them in the boat. Then it's like, oh, your black ass is going too because I got a pistol. That was the great equalizer right then and there. So it's always been a manipulation thing, right? And it's lying so much that it becomes the truth. And these motherfuckers are smart, you know, dumb as a fox, I would like to say. Dumb as a damn fox. And so if you have that, if you know that, you know not to try to appeal to the humanity of these types of people. And that's what I hate seeing celebrities doing, you know, online, going, you know, tweeting out these huge, long paragraphs and uh, these threads about how uh, calling the cops or harm black folks. They know exactly what they're doing when they hit 911. They know exactly what they're doing. So uh, this whole racial sensitivity training from Starbucks, it does not impress me one damn bit. One damn bit. It doesn't impress me at all. And then uh, I don't I don't know why this story didn't get uh, more. Um, excuse me. I don't think I don't know why this story about was going on up in Michigan. This happened uh, just last week, late last week. It was a Michigan high school actually closed after uh, Confederate flag trucks were parked outside the school for like two days up in Auburn, Michigan. Okay, it was um, it was students who parked their uh, pickup trucks with Confederate flags outside for a couple days. And this is in fucking Michigan. This ain't the South. Why the fuck do you have Confederate flags up north in Michigan? like michigan like you're by the like you're right there by fucking canada now this shows you this ain't shit about southern heritage this is nothing but white supremacy so it was about six trucks uh they had had it painted on their uh trucks or they had a flag and school had to be fucking closed because of this but nobody is saying shit about this and this is up in fucking Michigan like what southern heritage like what are you trying to like what are you doing like why do you want to represent the losing side of history and that just lets you know it's not about you know America it's not about um, southern heritage it's all about white supremacy even the creator of the flag you know was talking about white supremacists and this was a guy from I think fucking Ohio and this is up in Michigan fucking michigan right so you have to you have to just look at how these people move and operate like this ain't nowhere near the south you buy you almost buy fucking canada you damn near in canada this is i just don't understand how this this wasn't a bigger story at all that's something that just blows me the fuck away just blows me the fuck away and you know what else just blew me the fuck away uh, Kanye West started tweeting again. He started tweeting again, and this just uh, blew my mind. Um, he just was just tweeting like he's this, you know, deep genius, and you know, just oh, I just, you know, I'm just so elevated and all this other shit. And he's just tweeting like a motivational speaker, and so that hooks you in, right? And so you're like, oh shit, okay, he's trying to give out some game or something, you know? Let me let me get a pen down. It's just these broad and generic things, you know. Love will win, and you know, I don't even think that was one of them, but you know, just something real broad, you know, that uh, that can apply to any and everybody, right? So, um, so you get hooked in, right? You get hooked in by that, and then you um, you start seeing some weird shit come from them some uh, weird shit about like Donald Trump, his appreciation for Donald Trump. And you're like, is this the same Kanye from the Katrina Benefit American Red Cross uh, telethon that said George Bush doesn't care about black people? It's the same one that had Mike Myers looking like, oh shit, and Chris Tucker looking like, what the fuck did this nigga just say on TV? Is this the same Kanye that went up on stage at the MTV Awards, Music Awards, and took an award from Taylor Swift and to tell her how mediocre she was 
and uh, how Beyonce essentially works twice as hard to get half of the accolades that she gets, that Taylor Swift gets. Same Kanye that made Spaceship. Same Kanye that, you know, uh, took uh, Rhyme Fest's uh, Jesus Walks and made it mainstream. This is the same damn Kanye that gave us college dropout, late registration, graduation, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, which is like the pinnacle of Kanye, 808s and heartbreaks. And we let that slide. 808s and heartbreaks is pretty fire. We 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 didn't know where it was going. Even though that sounds like a Cuddy album, I ain't saying nothing though. I ain't saying nothing new. You know, it sounds like a like kid that was kid cut that was supposed to be kid cuddy's album but i ain't gonna say too much about that and um so then you're like oh what the fuck is going on then ebro the hot 97 dj uh he kind of makes sense of it all uh he had a conversation with yay and uh you know uh he said kanye felt as if nobody had his back while he was battling opioid addiction now y'all remember uh, back when he was on his Yeezus tour, um, he was talking crazy about Jay Z. You know, talking about how you know Jay Z got killers. You know, dog, don't send him toward me. You know, your kids ain't. You know, Blue ain't played with my kids and all this other shit. You know, and uh, I don't think they showed. I don't think Jay and Beyonce showed up to the wedding. Because they don't fuck with Kim like that. And they know that they're opportunists. That whole family is an opportunist, you know. The whole wedding special would have been, you know, them zooming in on Jay-Z and Beyonce. And Beyonce making, you know, side eyes at Jay the whole time that they sitting there, right? And then he went to the hospital for exhaustion. There wasn't no damn exhaustion. Your man was addicted to painkillers, opioids. You know, and that's, you know, that's when he started that treatment for opioid abuse. And that's when we started seeing Chubby Kanye. You know, and then in the conversation that he had off air with Ebro, he was still defending his love for uh, Trump. So my question to you is, can we separate the artist from the art? I don't think black folks have that luxury. We really don't. Um, but you look at back in the days, James Brown was on that coon train when he was supporting Richard Nixon. Y'all don't remember that. Like, just go Google that, how James Brown was supporting Richard Nixon. And I think I got some, uh, some I think I tweeted about that a while ago, probably last year sometime. I think I tweeted about it at the same time that Kanye dyed his hair blonde and went and met with Trump. I did tweet about that. Because, uh, you know, people still were supporting James Brown. Because I, but you know, I just feel as if black folks, we don't have that luxury. Now look at Shania Twain. Shania Twain said in an interview that even though she's Canadian, she probably would have supported Trump, voted for him. She would have been one of them 50, part of the 53% of white women. And folks canceled her right away. But then there's other folks that were saying that, you know, oh, I still like her music, even though she has, you know, uh, uh, shitty political views but that's coming from white folks they have that luxury because there's there's a, a sense of unity there with white folks they all know how to get on the same page most of them do the majority of them do i should say uh, you still have the rebels out there who's out here with us fighting a good fight and fighting for justice and not wanting to uphold the system of white supremacy but there's so many of them on the same page and so many of them not even on the same page, but, so, but compliant with it because they're scared of the repercussions of getting kicked out of that club that they can separate the art from the art. So they're like, oh, I still can support her, but I just don't agree with her political views. You know, I don't listen to her for her political views. But with hip hop, with rap, it's always been, you know, a middle finger to the system. That's how hip hop started, you know. Uh, being denied entries into you know certain clubs you know during the disco era and things like that and so you had motherfuckers just creating in the parks you know just just hitting that you know that um that nipsey russell you know nipsey russell and that was that was what freestyling was 
you know, just coming off the head, you know, bigging up your DJ. And so that's where, and then rap just kind of just morphed and grew, and, you know, you had, uh, you know, uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, you know, talking about, you know, the message, you know, telling you about what the fuck is going on in the streets. And that, you know, you listen to that even today, the beat is kind of, you know, old school, but the flow and the, the cadence is, you know, and the words that they're saying is, is real issues and some of the shit we're still facing today. Look at Public Enemy. And now Chuck D was just, just raw with it, just raw, you know, just that voice, that powerful boom, you know, you looked at fucking Tupac, even though Tupac was the perfect black person. He showed the complexities of that duality or the multi-faces of being black in America. You know, one song was conscious, you know, one song about, you know, Dear Mama. And then the next song, you know, was about riding on a motherfucker. You know, it just showed all the emotions black folks goes, goes through, right? And then, then you have, then you usher in that Kanye era. And that Kanye era just kind of made it cool to be yourself, right? So at post-Pac, you had the rise of Hove, right? After Big and uh, Pac died, late 90s, you know, mid-90s, 96, 97. Then you, here comes Hove with uh, Volume 1. It was in, that was supposed to be Biggie's album, right? That was, that was put, all them beats that Puffy gave him, that was supposed to be, uh, gave uh, Hove on Volume 1 and producers and shit. That was supposed to be big shit, right? So that didn't do too good. But then we had volume two, Hard Knock Life, Annie Sam. You know, and then you just like, yo, Hove went mainstream with this one. Like that, that was just a crossover hit. That just did it for him. I, I got so fucking sick of that song. Back in, was that 98, 98, 99? 98, yeah. I got so fucking sick of hearing that song. Seeing Hove walk out of the fucking, uh, <laughs> Uh, bodega with the with the with the juice the little quarter juice and shit but you know that's it just then it so then you had then you had also had dmx you just had that hard rough shit going on you know but with whole shit he sprinkled in a little bit of jewels and shit like that then on the underscore underside of that you had common doing his thing you had most deaf doing his thing talib kwali black star you know in that era post big post pop you had Hove was in the forefront, but, you know, you, you also had, you know, that going on right then and there uh, with the most deaths, the Talibs, you know, giving you that message, common, you know, giving you that shit, you know, you had the Roots doing their thing also, and Black Thought just, you know, dropping jewels over a fucking live band, right? And so, then you have, uh, then you have Eminem come in, just talking crazy, great lyricist i don't care what y'all say i fuck with i fuck with eminem i do maybe because he came out when i was a teen a young teen but just the rhymes i, I love i love a rhyme technician that's why i love people like twister like twister's in my top five but anyway so i'm rambling but still we're talking about hip-hop and how black folks don't have the luxury of you know uh separating the art from the artist you know and so then you had that Eminem 50 Cent era and then you had that Kanye era. Remember when 50 and Kanye went head to head on album sales and Graduation crushed, I think it was the Curtis album. And then that's when you're like, oh shit, hip hop is changing. You know, he brought kind of that consciousness to the mainstream, but he, he mixed in a little bit of ratchetness with it, you know, but he brought people like Talib to the mainstream with that song just to get by just to get by you know with the, that sample then he brought Common to the mainstream even though Common was kind of he was like Common to me when before Common's B album the one that Kanye produced he was for uh, white college and I know people are going to be mad at me but if to me Common's music was like uh, soft hip hop for white college kids who smoked roaches. You know what I'm saying? Who uh, smoked out of smoked them zigzags. You know what I'm saying? And they just wanted to get high and just like just kind of you know vibe out to you know common kicking that shit. You know what I'm saying? 
that's what that's what it was always because that's all who i knew who listened to common like that you know like who the really fuck with common like that but it was white college kids who you know smoked a little J, you know what i'm saying did shit like that and it was the same with most deaf even though most is a great rapper before that kanye brought him to the mainstream with them soul samples even though they did have soul samples but it was just a funky soul sample you felt it right but yeah so you usher in this era and then here comes kanye just boom you like oh shit we got a champion for the for the regular kid in the hood who don't want to be about that life he don't have two feet two feet in the streets you know he got he got maybe one foot in the street one on the curb or he might got both feet on the sidewalk or he might be in both of his his parents driveways he got both of his parents but he's still in the hood though you know he made it cool to be yourself so when i say you can't separate the art from the artist you know a lot of kids looked up to kanye and a lot of us are grown now you know college dropout came out what oh three something like that oh three oh four so kids listening to that right and you look at it now and you're just like yo this dude made jesus walks and then even today while i'm updating this uh you know he posts a picture with leor cohen if you don't know who leor cohen is is uh you know he used to be at def jam and you know he used to be uh universal records He's a, a Jewish guy, a white Jew, and so he's in a picture with Kanye West who's wearing a MAGA hat. Kanye's wearing the MAGA hat. And uh, Leor Cohen is throwing up the, you know, the OK symbol, the white supremacy symbol, you know, right in front of uh, Kanye. And Kanye just looks like he's in the sunken place wearing that damn hat. And uh, where did, where did, I mean, how did we get here? right to me it seems as if Kanye's trying to use the pain that black people are having right now you know going all the way back to Trayvon Martin in 2012 um, to present day uh, you know black folks woke up and black folks are experiencing a pain because we are more connected than ever on social media and we know that we're all suffering and we're all going through this it ain't just my hood it ain't just my family it's my it's my whole family of the lost tribe you know what i'm saying and so we're all connected that way we all go through it. we all feel the pain you know when a black person is murdered and it becomes headline news, you know. And so with Kanye saying that, you know, I support Trump, uh, I have on a MAGA hat, you know, with a white man behind me throwing up the white supremacist symbol right in my chest in this selfie that I took. You know, this is you, you know, just giving up, giving up on your blackness, giving up on who you are and how them Chicago streets raised you, you know, how your town raised you, how your city raised you. You know, you come from one of the most segregated cities in America. You know, you grew up on that South side, the black side, right? And now here we are in the year of our Lord, 2018, and you're happy that Donald Trump signed your MAGA hat, right? And if this is a marketing ploy, you know, you, you won't be able to sleep at night. You really won't. I don't know if there's some sort of ploy to um, get folks to talk about the album that you have coming out. But it just seems like you're out of your mind. It really does. It really does. It, it seems like Kanye West is out of his mind right now. You know, and we want to tout him as a genius and this deep guy, but there's nothing deep about supporting Donald Trump, you know, about being a black celebrity supporting Donald Trump, right? And just a quick sidebar, um, I was listening to uh, D.L. Hughley's The Hughley Truth. It's a great podcast, great podcast. 
I, I couldn't appreciate D.L. Hughley when I was younger. I couldn't appreciate his sort of humor when I was younger. But as I got older, as I'm older now, I can appreciate his uh, social commentary, his political commentary. Um, he's a very smart guy, very bright, very smart, very bright. He knows what he's talking about. And he had a, uh, a congressman uh, from South Carolina on uh, his show, his most recent podcast. And uh, he was talking, he, he always asks his guests, do you think Donald Trump is a racist? And he brings up the, some great valid points always. Uh, you know, he brings up the point about uh, not a, he didn't want a black man counting money working as his accountant. He wanted a Jew. And um, how he had a, a lawsuit against him for discrimination in apartment complexes. How they would uh, put uh, a C on the uh, applications for colored um, to deny the applicant, uh, you know, a, a, re- a house, you know, residency. And, um, and so he just brings up all these valid points. And uh, with this uh, congressman, or it could be a senator, somebody who works on the Hill, a representative of South Carolina. I can't, I can't remember the guy's name, but he, he asked him, do you think Donald Trump is racist? He was like, I don't think Donald Trump is racist. I think he's racial. And uh, D.O. Hughley rightfully said, I don't know what racial is. You know, uh, tell me what is racial. And he couldn't explain it. The uh, South Carolina representative, he couldn't explain it. He said, I don't think Donald Trump is racist because he's met with, uh, you know, uh, black leaders. And uh, that's when I was like, oh, shit. Steve Harvey and Kanye West are black leaders that's where you got me fucked up you know right then and there and so in these situations you know that's that's why it's so dangerous for a coon you know to be out there because you got somebody as bigoted and racist as Donald Trump out here and you got you know coons you know Steve Harvey showing all them fake teeth Kanye West up there with a blonde mohawk or whatever trying to meet with Donald Trump you got Ben Carson you know being uh, the head of HUD you know housing and urban development and so it's just like oh look at these pet negroes you know I'm not racist I'm meeting with these guys right and it's just their mascots to hide your racism you know they're collaborators of white supremacy when it when it really boils down to it but that's just what I wanted to say as a side note. But with this whole Kanye West thing, it's 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 heartbreaking. But I'm not I and I am surprised. I'm not going to say I'm not surprised. I am surprised. You know, I thought that this young man was just so strong willed that even though he's you know laid up in one of them Kardashians, he wouldn't lose himself. But once he lost his mama, I believe he lost himself. He lost his mama. You know, before that, Rockefeller broke up. You know, Jay and Dan kind of split ways. And he, I feel right now, he's not around real people. You know, because uh, you can look at the Kardashians and tell they're not real at all. You know, everything is a calculated move. Everything that they do is calculated and it's a move. Uh, I saw a tweet from Kris Jenner today. And it was talking about how she, she quote tweeted People Magazine. And they said that... Uh, Kanye West took a picture of inside of his uh, $20 million, him and Kim's $20 million mansion. And uh, uh, in the quote, she quoted the tweet uh, Chris did. She said, she said, it's their $60 million house, right? And so that just shows that it's always, they're always working for the camera. And this is why I fear for Kanye's life, right? Now, follow me on this. I, he doesn't have any real people around him. Like I said, his mama passed before that. Rockefeller broke up. So you're not around real guys like Dame and Jay and even the state property guys like Dean Siegel. You even had Memphis Bleak. You know, just some real, some real dudes, some real guys who came from the streets. And they just know how to move, right? So you don't have that realness around you. Like you look at you look at specials about you know his producers and things like that and it, somebody that don't look like him, 
So it's just he's surrounding his people, surround himself with fake people. Like his wife is a reality TV star, right? So everything is a calculated move. And so I say I fear for this brother's life because there's nobody real around him and they're going to let him spiral out of control until it's too late and he's too far in to some place where he can't come out of to where he loses his mind. And I knew Kanye West was gone when he was on Chris Jenner's show sounding like fucking Michael Jackson and Mickey Mouse together. I'm like, who the fuck is this dude who sound like he ain't gotten got like he got both his balls cut off, you know? And he was he saw he was speaking different and moving kind of different. And, you know, I feel like he just needs to be around some real folks some folks that need to just kind of, you know, reel him in. And if this is some low down ploy to push his album that's coming out because his wife flashing her pussy and her titties, you know, on the timeline, it ain't doing it no more. Folks don't care about that. We know that it's a ploy. Right. So if this is something to play on black folks emotions, well, you're now from now on, you're Kanye Kardashian. Right. You want to do the same thing that they do when they appropriate black culture, whether it's the young girls, uh, Kylie and Kendall stealing designs from black designers, or it's uh, Kim and uh, what's that other one? What's OJ's daughter name? Chloe, uh, uh, you know, wearing a black uh, hairstyle. And, you know, they always know that's going to get black folks up in arms. So it's just playing on black folks's, uh, you know, traumas and, uh, you know, uh, PTSD, you know, post-traumatic slave disorder is playing on that. You know how America loves uh, anything black with a white face, you know, presented in a white package, I should say. So black features in a white package. So if this is a ploy, you know, we'll know exactly you know who you are and what the fuck you are you know and i was watching uh david letterman's interview with jay-z and he asked uh hove about um about uh mr o- mr amari west you know and kanye he said you know that's my brother you know sometimes you have fights but that's still my brother but you know i don't think after this they really gonna be fucking with yay like that you know i think it's just gonna still be a distance thing you know because it's like you know, you ain't really part of my core who I came in this game with. You know, you're more like an industry friend, and I think that's what's going to happen, and they're just going to, you know, go their own separate ways. But, you know, like I say, I miss the old Kanye. Oh, what you got to say? Don't be the next get tested on that Summer Jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right, thank you, Tyrone Biggums, for that lovely intro of Selling Hope Like Dope. So we have to give it to um, this week of Selling Hope Like Dope to Al Jazeera. They uh, sent out a tweet last week that had me a little bit perplexed. Um, They had a tweet about the uh, FOSTA bill, um, and that was the bill that actually got rid of Backpage and got rid of the, the dating part portion of uh, Craigslist and it has to do with like sex trafficking and things like that so Craigslist I mean Backpage was under uh, heavy fire because that was pretty much was just used to sell pussy and sell assholes selling that fruit cocktail and um, so they knew that underage girls were on uh, Backpage selling pussy and then they knew that uh, folks were just you know selling ass you know where prostitution was illegal so um this aj plus or al jazeera showed a, a tweet and it had a, a lady on there talking uh what is this woman's name you see here maxine holloway she's a porn star and a porn director and um she was talking about how Backpage kept a lot of sex workers safe and yada 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 and i'm just thinking y'all do know that selling pussy and selling your asshole and you know selling your mouth so selling the whole fruit cocktail when i say fruit cocktail i'm talking about fruit is the mouth cock is the you know the dick or the pussy and then tail is the asshole that fruit cocktail so you know selling that is illegal in pretty much most of the united states so they're 
sending this tweet out with this video and this music like it's the big bad Trump administration doing something bad. But it's, you know, you know, selling pussy is illegal. Selling fruit cocktail is illegal. And they're talking about it like rights are being violated here. It's like, no, you're working in a black market. That just be like, um, say like when uh, the fucking um, Rico law got first introduced in the social media age and you got uh, a fucking uh, Colombian drug lord on there talking about how his rights is being violated and shit like that. Like you got a whole faction selling cocaine, but oh, my rights are being violated. So I'm like, you know, I'm not comparing apples to oranges, but I'm just trying to give you context here. It's like, have we forgot that selling fruit cocktail is illegal? Like, it's fucking illegal, okay? But on the flip side of this, with this Foster bill taking away um, the dating page of Craigslist and shutting down Backpage, is this a violation of, you know... Uh, you know like internet free speech or what's going on here you know that's kind of a scary thing I know they're painting it like you know hey we're trying to stop sex trafficking and underage girls being attacked and underage boys you know from uh, selling that fruit cocktail or being forced to sell it uh, but it, is, it, is this a form of censorship online censorship you know it's just something that you really have to think about but I say it's selling hope like though because it, it felt very propaganda like you know, um, I don't think Trump is that smart to, uh, you know, try to disguise censorship as doing something good uh, for sex trafficking. You know, I don't think uh, to stop sex trafficking, I should say, I don't think he's that smart. Um, maybe people around him are, but I actually think this was coming from an honest place. Uh, but the video is very odd. I'm going to link it in the show notes and make sure y'all click on it and watch it. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks out there who was getting paid off of uh, Craigslist. And it's funny to see uh, in Backpage, it's funny to see that, uh, you know, a sex worker talking about discrimination. Now, I tweeted out a thread on a, on a Twitter about discrimination uh, from sex workers on Backpage. And it'd be some of the most meth mouth molly looking ass women talking about they out here looking like Popeye in the face and built like olive oil talking about no blacks no sorry no black men like in all caps locks at the end of their ads and I had a homegirl who was in the life I don't think she's she, she's flying on the straight and narrow right now and she was talking about she feel them you know coming from that cause she's talking about you know uh, old white men you know they pretty much just want to be spanked maybe jerked off or something and you know that's you know two three hundred dollars you know right then and there you know just something quick and easy and uh, she was talking about niggas want the whole you know the whole fruit cocktail for forty dollars for a couple of twenties so she feel where they're coming from for that and i'm just like but how can y'all be discriminatory in these practices is it all black men and it's just like no it's just you know dusty niggas so i'm like you equating dusty niggas you know niggas with no paper to black to all black men you know and so i'm just it, you know just seeing that the the thread that i tweeted a while back just brought up to me i'm just like you know just like you talking about discrimination and uh how it harms people and you up here discriminating talking about no blacks no blacks allowed and only generous men and all this other shit just very very odd to me you know there's a pot and kettle joke in there or the shoes on the other foot or when the rabbit has the gun there's something in there i just can't put my finger on it but this whole al jazeera tweet was trying to make it sound like selling fruit cocktail was legal and it's not it's not you know in, in most of the states you can't be out here just selling pussy and selling dick willy-nilly and selling your asshole all out here on the on the internet so you know that it, it is what it is but y'all watch that video and just kind of see how it tries to manipulate your emotions and shit like that but al jazeera you looking funny in the light and uh it's funny how they just put aj plus you know try to make it look all cool and hip like it's a buzzfeed thing like it's fucking al jazeera like get the fuck out of here that's been selling hope like dope 
This portion of Do Rags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L, as in, hey yo my guy, my hands are full, give me a hand here, can you hold this L? Alright, so moving on to hold this L. I have to give it to my people. I have to give it to some of y'all black folks out here. I didn't say all, I said some. Uh, some of us do realize that uh, trying to convince uh, suspected white supremacists of, uh, you know, trying to convince them that racism does exist is a waste of time. A lot of us do re realize that, but some of us don't. You know, you got black folks being so naive about different factors of racism, white supremacy. All I'm seeing in regards to this whole Starbucks situation last week and that young boy who was that up in uh, Michigan uh, that was shot at when he was uh, trying to find directions to the uh, to his school because he got lost on foot because he missed his bus. Uh, we all know that story. And then uh, the wife, uh, the white supremacist wife, was thinking that uh, this black child was trying to break in and the husband came out opening fire at this child. So in regards to those two issues last week, um, all I've seen is, uh, you know, how white folks, you know, think pieces about how white folks need to learn to not fear black folks or realize that calling the police is essentially a hit out on blacks. Uh, they know exactly what they're doing. The great critical thinker, Millie Fuller, always says, if you don't understand white supremacy, racism, everything that you do, understand will only confuse you right so white supremacy is calling the cops on a black person and that black person is killed or harmed without justification white supremacy is calling the cops on a black person because the white person felt unsafe by that black person's presence black folks want to be prideful and say no white person reigns supreme over me well what do you call it when a white person can kill you and get off do you call it when the justice system punishes a black judge like Olu Stevens for exercising the right of being judged by your peers? That man was suspended by state officials for 90 days without pay for judicial misconduct because he dismissed an all-white jury feeling that the defendant wouldn't get a fair trial or just for being an uppity Negro. Now let's flip it. How many white prosecutors play judge and jury before even considering going to trial and police killings of unarmed blacks? They announce time and time again that they will not file charges against race soldiers. You know, white supremacy is the media painting black victims of racial violence as criminals, even they even if they are children, you know, they'll find some bullshit, you know, against the parents or something. You know, it's a whole racket from education, economics, entertainment, labor, law, politics, religion, sex, and war. You know, some of these so-called intellectuals keep trying to appeal to the humanity of white supremacists like they give two shits about your black ass. It's a waste of time to go through and try to educate white folks from liberals to the hardcore skinhead. They know the system works against your black ass. They don't care because it benefits them from the top 1% down to Cleophis III with two teeth and a double-wide meth lab trailer. And deep down, we, meaning blacks, know that the issue is racism, white supremacy, but we want to walk on eggshells because we don't want to offend white allies, friends, and family. You're suffering. Quit suffering so others can thrive. They gotta stop that shit. In the meantime, hold this L. You win. Perfect. All right, so moving on to Not All Heroes Wear Capes. Uh, first things first, we have to give a shout out to Kendrick Lamar and uh, his album Damn for winning a Pulitzer Prize in music. Uh, this is the first for hip-hop, so appreciate this brother for pushing the culture forward. Uh, it's a great album, and one of the uh, dopest tracks to me is Fear. And uh, it just goes through fear, is fear of, in childhood, and then as a teen, you know, dealing with the street life and gangs, and then his fear of losing all of his money that he's earned uh, from his career. So I, if y'all listen to any song on there, I would say listen to Fear. That, that is dope and it's a deep track. So shout out to him uh, for winning that Pulitzer and pushing the culture forward because we need that in this time of all these little 
kids running around here with all these tattoos on their face and just being lazy with the flow, right? But I really want to talk about, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to talk about this brother James Shaw Jr. who, uh, you know, who stopped the um, the Waffle House uh, killer. If y'all been sleeping up under a rock. Uh, there was uh, that white supremacist, uh, what's the fuck his name, Travis Reinking. And uh, there's all kind of stuff coming out about him. So we found out online that he was, uh, you know, uh, liking different uh, white supremacist group pages and things like that, um, associated with white supremacy and uh, radical groups, white radical groups. And uh, he was arrested before... Uh, for an incident at the White House, right? And he was on the Fed's radar for a little bit. And so, uh, and there's also what came out, if you look at the Time article, and I'll have a link to that, there was a co-owner of a Colorado crane company, a, a lady named Darlene Sustrich, uh, where Ryan King worked, once worked, and she was trying to tell federal officials to uh, keep him in custody after he was arrested for the White House incident back in July. And uh, she said, we told them, hang on to him if you can and help him if you can. And, uh, you know, but uh, feds were talking about he was uh, compliant and cooperative and all this other shit. So they let him go. And then lo and behold, he goes to the Waffle House and he kills four people. And, uh, you know, may they all rest in peace and may their families find some peace. And knowing that this uh, piece of shit is going to be in uh, jail for a long, long time, hopefully he gets the death sentence. Um, but this brother James Shaw Jr., he, uh, basically, you know, went and grabbed the gun, you know, had severe burns on his hands from the gun that he grabbed from this, uh, this sickle, Ryan King, and he, uh, and he talked about the tussle and then, you know, throwing it over the counter and, uh, you know, the guy escaped and, and what was wild to me is how does somebody escape? Like they was wrestling. He, he came in there in a trench coat on and they was wrestling and shit and the trench coat came off and this motherfucker was butt ass naked up under it. Just butt ass naked. And I just, I just don't know what the fuck with this lunatic thinking, right? And so he's running out on bare feet, butt ass naked and the cops didn't find him until you know, what was it, a day or two later, or some shit like that, and then on top of that, the judge was trying to have him out on a, was it, two million dollar bond or something like that, and then, you know, there was so much backlash and shit like that, they revoked it, you know, and, uh, people were, uh, up throwing fits and things like that, but this brother, James Shaw Jr., he set a precedent, you know, don't ever become a victim, you know, that all that shit, you know, about following the laws and, and uh you know you know just uh being compliant and you know just kind of get a you know trying to just be just watch yourself die you don't do that you know it, it comes to a point where it's just you know it ain't the law of man it's just the the will of survival like yo i'm not dying i ain't no easy win you know what i'm saying it's a situation like that and that's the mentality that, that brother had when i was watching the press conference and you know he apologized for you know those lives lost and um you know wish he could act earlier but he didn't see a you know he didn't see a out he didn't see a way to uh attack this uh ryan king sicko right and so he did start up a gofundme for those uh families involved to help with funeral and uh, lost loved ones for funeral expenses and things like that that's what a hero does you know many more lives could have been lost with this uh if he didn't act on it you know so when it comes to that fight or flight response you know if you have the chance fight always fight and uh yeah that's just not all heroes wear capes you know some of them fight the good fight literally so uh, shout out to that brother james shaw jr all right so moving on to health over wealth you know what i say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth so in this health of health over wealth i really don't have a uh, direct quote but i do have a uh, teaching so to speak from the great uh, robert f williams who was the head of the monroe naacp and had an armed uh, african-american uh, gun club so in uh his book negroes with guns well uh, let me backtrack a little bit so you always hear about 
you know, people saying that black folks need to be on a certain code, um, carry themselves with a code of conduct and uh, be on the same page. Not necessarily having to all be together at the same time. We just have to practice the same code. So then you're like, well, what is the code? What's the code? You know, what code should we be on? So Robert F. Williams gives us that Negroes with guns. And the code is breaks down to the three selves, right? So you have to believe in self-respect. I mean, we saw Kanye lost all self-respect uh, when he threw on that MAGA hat and professed his love for, uh, you know, the Cheeto in chief. So it's just you see what happens when someone loses self-respect. So self-respect is the first one. You have to take action with self-determination. And this one is a little bit tougher just because of the system that we live in. And self-determination is defined by the process by which a person controls their own life. So with black folks in particular, it's tough to practice self-determination because there's a fucking hurdle and a railroad block everywhere that you try to move. And you know that you have to work twice as hard to get half as far as uh, someone who's white we know that right but you still can do it there still are self-made people here in america the only problem is when the time is right and you get too much become too much of an activist they can take that shit from you you know they'll trump up some uh, bullshit charges uh you know for tax fraud or something to that extent or you know, they do something to make you look crazy or they just go ahead and off and kill you. Not to get on some conspiracy theory shit, but we've seen what happened with uh, our brother Prince. Now, our brother Prince was sitting on a uh, immaculate catalog and, uh, you know, just tons of music. And he was very stingy with his music, rightfully so. He didn't have it up on YouTube. You know, you couldn't stream it anywhere and things of that sort. And then it came out that he was given illegal drugs. He thought he was taking some kind of painkiller, but he was taking some, I think it was what, carfentanil, that uh, elephant tranquilizer. So somebody slipped him something that had him fucked up in the game and uh, it took its life. And that, that was done deliberately right and we seen what happened with uh michael jackson also right so this ain't you know me putting on a tinfoil hat that's just the truth that's what happens when you practice self-determination but still do not be scared to practice it because you see you look at a brother like um uh, what's the brother boxing promoter oh man i forgot the brother's name but there's a black boxing promoter um, it's just slipping me right now who uh basically just moves under the radar and he's just sitting on m's just crazy amount of m's let me just think of that brother's name let me think let me think it's uh al Heyman. i'm sorry y'all it's just slipping me al Heyman. he's one of the most if not the uh most powerful person in boxing right now and he just stays low-key back in the cut he used to be in the music game then he jumped off um I think it was about what 99 2000 he started jumping off into the uh the boxing thing and this this brother's a harvard graduate and uh very very intelligent and he just you know moves behind the scenes you know like a real boss does and then another brother who uh practices self-determination and just moves kind of quietly is byron allen the comedian uh and uh, not too long ago that brother just bought the uh, the weather channel like just just went out and bought it. his uh, production company just bought it so you can practice self-determination and you know uh, a trick of white supremacy is just uh you know keeping you wasting time by debating trolls online uh, arguing with folks and trying to teach certain folks uh about your conditions you know so you really have to practice self-determination right so we have self-respect self-determination the last self can't be afraid to practice uh self-defense that's the truth that's the truth if somebody try to harm you you have every god-given right to defend yourself this ain't calling for anybody to go out and terrorize folks but you do have the right to practice self-defense you know you can't be you know getting the shit beat out of you you know you're getting jumped or something by somebody and you're thinking oh shit you know i can't really fight back because you know shit will get even worse you know for me or my people no these people are about to beat the shit out of you and beat you to death you better fight back you have a god-given right you know you have that fight or flight response and if you know you can take them you better get to beating the shit out of some people i know this ain't pretty much bright or anything like that but 
Uh, there's just been a lot of crazy shit happening in the month of April. We know how significant that month is. You have Hitler's birthday going on and you have uh, uh, different, uh, you know, white supremacist type things that goes on, goes along in April. But the main thing is you have Hitler's birthday and you have a lot of white supremacist skinheads, uh, you know, whoever, you know, who practices uh practices it outright try to carry out terrorist attacks as we've seen with the Waffle House situation and then we've seen with the young man who got shot at for asking for directions uh, to uh, how to get to his high school so that has been episode what is this 121 of do rags and boat shoes and as always I have nothing but love and respect for y'all and I will see y'all probably I'll probably drop another episode sometime this week, but nothing but love. One.